0: Good evening everybody, Agatavach and Gemar Chasimetayvah. Uh, this is the hashkava portion of my Shabbat Shuvud Rasha that I gave today in shul. And it's titled, How to Ignite the Spark and Keep it Burning Through the Year. Part of the Halacha topic that we had discussed in shul today was about women making um, brachas when they do a mitzvah saseh as mangarama, when a, a woman shakes lulav or sits in the sukkah or hears shafer, are they permitted to make a brachah or is it not allowed to make a bracha? it's a machoikes between the machabra and ramad, it ends up being a difference between Ashkenazim and Sfaradim. Ashkenazim do make a bracha on lulav and Esrig, women make a brachah on lulav and Esrig and Sfaradim don't and in the course of the discussion and the sources, the fascinating thing came to light. Uh, it was said over there that uh, one, one of the opinions that explained the Ashkenazi approach to allow a woman to make the, a bracha on Amitseh Shezvan Grama, in reality, the, they say that it's really very questionable because it's a bracha she'ena tsricha, being that a woman is not obligated in making the bracha, so it, perhaps it might be an unnecessary bracha, but the, the Rabbeinu Tam explains that nonetheless, the Chachamim allowed women to make that bracha. K'day Lasois nachas ruach l'nashem. In order to make a nachas ruach t'nashim. What does that mean, a nachas ruach? How do you even translate that into English? So, nachas ruach means like um, contentment or, or pleasure. But what it really means is like this. A person whose soul is all stirred up and, and uh, worked up and wants really want something. So they, when they get what they want, then they have nachas ruach, right? Then they, then they calm down, so to speak. So women really wanted to do the mitzvah and didn't want to do it halfway. It wasn't enough to just do the mitzvah without a bracha. That's like, it just didn't, it didn't feel like doing the mitzvah the right way without being able to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the opportunity to do the mitzvah. So although there was a halachic question, in order to allow that the, the woman should, should be able to calm down. They should be able to do the mitzvah they way, the way they really want to do, the, the way the neshama was telling them to do. The bracha was allowed. And this, I feel, is very much what the Seresim is about. You know, our, our neshamas have been ignited. We heard the shayfar. It ignites a spark. And then our neshama asks us to do something. We, are, 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 we, have, we go through the days of the Sarasim and it wants us to do something about it. Take advantage. And we need to do Nachas Ruach for our Neshama. We have to do something to calm it down. And if we look and we see how the, the great desire that women had to do mitzvahs and how the Moshe Sefarim and all Sefarim say that during the you have to, you have to chap mitzvahs. You have to grab opportunities to do mitzvahs. We have to do what we can to feed our neshamas in these days. We have to utilize every moment that we can, every, every opportunity we have to do a chesed, to do a mitzvah, to, to, to learn, to daven, to say to Hillam, what we can do, what we can do to, 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 get, to provide nachas, ruach, and neshamas, we need to do that. And the power of each and every mitzvah is something that is impossible to comprehend, impossible to conceive. And I uh, want to share a story that was told to me by, <clears throat> by um, a woman in the in in the community, and it's it's an amazing story. I, I found it extremely inspirational on many levels, and I'm not not saying any names because it didn't uh, ask permission to say any names, but the story is about a woman. We'll call her Mrs. Friedman. Um, who lives in Mansi and she had a daughter who was 26 years old who just got engaged and there was a tremendous simcha and Mrs. Friedman was unfortunately an almana, she was a widow so she was managing everything on her own and her family was a Haimisha family, they all wore Hasidish Begadim, so they wore, they wore Bekishes and the chassin was from a Litvisha background, <clears throat> and uh, his family, the, the, all, all the, the, other, the older generations were balachuva and she felt that if all, all her whole family comes with their begadim, it would make the, the chassin uncomfortable. So she went and ordered uh, suits for her children, for her boys. And she had never bought a suit before, because she always ordered a bakkesha. Uh That's what they wore. So... It came the day of the vart, and her son calls her up from Yeshiva and says, Ma, you have to get the suit checked for shatness. And she never knew that, because she never had to do that before. A Bekitsha doesn't need to be checked for shotness. So she was at her wit's end. She was doing everything herself. She was making the whole vart herself, and she went through all this effort, and it wasn't It just like, it was crazy. So she turned to Hashem and she just poured out her heart to Hashem and she said, look, Hashem, what do you want from me? I can't do this. It's impossible. We can't have this done. And they're just going to have to wear uh, the suits as is and we'll check it for Shantanus afterwards. But uh, how could you expect this from me? I'm all doing this all alone. So after she really poured out her heart, she decided that I have to try at least to make it a shtadlis. So she called her friend and she asked her, what to do, and the friend said, You know what? Let me go, I'll see what I can do. I'll reach out to the guy who does who checks the shotness, the rub who checks shotness. I'll see maybe he wants to help out. Her friend calls her back and she says, You know, he agreed, he'll come to your house, he'll check all the suits for shotness uh, right there, off you know, in your house, no problem. So, the this this rov comes to her house, <clears throat> checks all the suits for shotness, and after he's done, he tells her. Uh, you know, Mrs. Friedman. The next time when your your husband goes to the suit store, he can buy the suits and just leave them there because I check it at the store. So Mrs. Friedman, who was was already having quite a difficult day, so you know, she said, "I wish I I would be very happy to have my husband bring the suits to the store and leave them there, but unfortunately, my husband's in Shemaim." So the Rav looks at her and says, "Mrs. Mrs. Friedman, you're an almana," and she said, "Yes." She said, so how are you planning on paying for this Khasana? So she said, I I don't know. She said, you know what? I'm going to take care of this whole thing. And he raised $50,000 for her. Not only did he raise $50,000 for her, he personally negotiated with the vendors, like with each one to get the best price. He oversaw it and took charge from A to Z. And this story is so powerful on so many levels. Um, it's powerful on caring for someone else, doing for someone else, talking to Hashem, but it's also powerful on simply the schus of someone who tried to do a mitzvah. She decided she's going to do this mitzvah of Shantanis, although it was such tremendous mysterious Nephesh. And look at the tremendous Yeshua that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tied to it. It's amazing. It's, it's truly amazing. And that's the power of mitzvahs, and we can't begin to understand what they are, what they, how much they give us, how much bracha and blessing they bring into our homes. And we need to do that to give nachas ruach to neshamas, especially in these days, to grab every opportunity we have to do a mitzvah. But what we find often from year to year is that we do have a wake up, and it does, we do get nisayir, and we have the desire to cho- to make a change and to do something different. But then we don't always know exactly what the change should be. We're not always sure what to do next. And then when we make that change, often it doesn't last that long. It lasts maybe till the end of Sukkot if we're lucky, maybe even Chanukah, Asar b'Teves. But to have a Kabbalah to make a change, something meaningful that should last, is difficult to make the change, and it's even harder to keep it going. And how do we keep that motivation? How do we keep that inspiration going? How do we make this and keep that fire burning? What do we do to stay awake, get awake and stay awake in Ruchnius? And I want to address both these vital topics. Number one, how to wake up and number two, how to stay awake throughout the year. How can we make a Kabbalah? What can we do with our Kabbalah in a way that it'll stay meaningful and we'll, we'll be able to keep our inspiration going throughout the year? And in order to do so, I refer to the very first Yom Kippur drasha that I know about. <laughs> and that was given by Yeshaya Navi. We actually lay it on Yom Kippur. It's a Yom Kippur Shachar, Haftira. And Rab Hirsch used to call this, Rabbi, uh, he used to call this Yeshaya Hanavi's great Yom Kippurim sermon. The Haftira begins, and it's talking all about Yom Kippur. And the Haftira begins with, Seemingly a rebuke of Klal Yisrael, but it's a very interesting kind of rebuke. Listen to what the rebuke of Klal Yisrael is. Hashem is talking. see and me, Hashem, they, they seek me out every day. They seek me out. They look for me. And they really want to know my ways. They want to know how to serve me. Klal Yisrael wants to know how to serve Hashem. Also, like a nation that always does righteousness and has never abandoned Hashem's laws they ask me how do I do what's right they desire to be close to Hashem now this is the rebuke and we think wow we could take rebuke like that right that sounds good, you know, that's pretty good. I wouldn't mind being described that way. I You look at it for me, you're looking for me day after day. You want to know how to serve me. All you want is to be close to Hashem. That's amazing, right? That sounds like the highest level of Avedis Hashem possible. Actually, the, the night of Yehuda, uh, in one of his drushes on... Uh, for Shabbos, uh, for, for he explains that this pasuk of Ici Oimy that they look, seek, seeked me out, uh, they sought me out day after day, is referring to Asaros Meitshuva, and he quotes a very well-known Arizal, which actually the Mishnah Berurah quotes as well. That Asaros Meitshuva is ten days, but two of them are Rosh Hashanah and one of them is Yom Kippur. So in the middle, you have seven days. Each one of those seven days corresponds to one day of the week, and it's meant to be Metakein. It's meant to make up, do chuva for all the. What you've done on that day of the week. So, Tzaym Gedalia was the first day was Thursday, so it's meant to make up for all the Thursdays. Uh, Friday, Friday, all the Fridays, Shabbos, all the Shabbosim. And that's what Oisi Yaymiyam Midrashin means. It was referring to Asarasi Mechuvah. Day after day of Asarasi Mechuvah, they're seeking me out, they're seeking ways to make up for day after day of the year that those days of Asarasi Mechuvah represent. Now, I always wonder, what does this mean? I mean, like, who and who has a head like that, that they have, you know, a spreadsheet? It's like a super-powered accountant, you know, that has a spreadsheet. Okay, all the Thursdays of this year, this is the Averis that I did, okay, and the mitzvahs that I did, and all the Wednesdays of the year. Like, who, who keeps chachmim in that way, that on Wednesday, Thursday, we do a tshuva of Thursdays, and Wednesdays, what, what is this supposed to mean? So there's actually a few different shatim in that, but what I was thinking was that it, what it means is like this. It means that every day has a unique potential and unique opportunity to it. Meaning, Friday is a very unique kind of day, right? It's there of Shabbos. There's a lot of tests and challenges that we have and nerves and impatience and, and, and anger and different kinds of things. And we have a lot of opportunity for Mitzvahs to prepare for Shabbos. Shabbos, of course, is a very unique day. Sunday is a day we, we have off from work and our kids are off from school. It has its combination of challenges. Monday is the first day of the school and, the, of, and, and of, the, of the weekday. Tuesday and Wednesday is the middle, Thursday is the end, etc. Every day is very, very different and the challenges are very much according to the nature of the day. And the tshuva that we do is have we used this kind of day and we utilize this potential and have we done what we could do with a day like this? That's what it means that every day of the Sarasim Chuva tshuva is to give us some pause and some thought. What are my Thursdays like? What are my Fridays like? How do I prepare for Shabbos? How do I treat Shabbos? How do I treat, do I treat Sunday? In any case, that's what was going on over here. Klai Yisrael was saying, they're seeking out a and they want to be close to Hashem. But Klai Yisrael then say, we have a big problem. We've fasted on Yom Kippur. You, haven't, you don't seem, you Hashem don't seem to listen to us. You're not listening to our, our prayers. We suffered through all the, the Inuyim. We didn't wear shoes. We didn't bathe. And you don't seem to know about it. You don't seem to be paying attention. So Kali Yisrael doesn't understand. We're doing everything right. What's going on? Why isn't our fast working? Why isn't our tefillahs being discovered? So Hashem answers the question. But His answer needs explanation, as one would imagine. It seems very general. Hashem says, You fasted, but you're fighting and you're argumentative. You're still hitting with a fist of evil. You're not fasting in accordance to the nature of the day. Your fast isn't representing what Jim Kippur is all about. You want to know what kind of fast I would like? If you would open up the chains of evil and break the yoke of, of, of your, your habits. So, okay, so Hashem is saying this is not good, your fasting is not good, you're, you're, you're doing something wrong. And uh, what I would want you to do is break open the chains of evil. So it's very general. What, was, what did Kal Yisrael think? What did, were they doing? And what was Hashem telling them that, no, you're not, this is not enough and this is not good? So Rav Hirsch and Rav uh, Shua both have a sefer on Yeshayim, And they explain this beautifully. And they say like this, the Pasik lois tzumu kayoim. You're not fasting in accordance to the day. They say what this means is like this. yes. You are looking for Hashem. You got inspired during the Sersimei Tshuva and it it tells you you have to do something and you ask the Nevi'im, what should we do? But then you don't do anything. You don't actually make a change. You get inspired, but you don't follow through with any actual difference. You fast on Yom Kippur, but you don't relate to what the day really wants of you. Rav Schwab Rav Schwab says a personal story. He writes this in his in his Shon Yeshaya. He says he was a young boy, and he was davening in shul in Frankfurt, sitting next to his father. And there was a man sitting next to him. So it was Minchanim Yim Kippur. And by Minchanim Yim Kippur, we lain Mafter Yaina, We lain Sefer Yayna in Treyasar. And in the end of, uh, of Yayna, the last two words is Uvehema Rabbah. That's the very last two words of the haftira. Uvehema Rabbah and many animals, or a big animal, big behema. Uh, and when the person lanes the haftira, the person who lanes it says it very loud. That's the way you end the haftira. You say Uvehema Rabbah. So he said it very, very loud. Now the man who was sitting next to little Rav Schwab didn't like this guy who had the haftira of Maftriyena. So he tells, he leans over to little Rabbi Schwab and he says, Tell your father that the man was just describing himself. <laughs> now, this Behema rabbi, he's a big Behema. He didn't like, <laughs> tell him he was just describing himself, Behema rabbi. Seraph so Schwab says, Can you imagine? He says, This guy was just standing wrapped in his kittel and tallest, the holy Yom Kippur. He's clapping, uh, I said, talk bad about other people. He's clapping, I hate. And then on Yom Kippur, he leans over to me and he tells me, Oh, that guy's describing himself. He's a behemoth rabbi. He's a big behemoth. He said, that, That's. That's exactly what it means. You're fasting, but you're not fasting according to what the day, what the day is about. You're not changing. You're getting inspired. You're saying vidui. You're, you're you're davening with a lot of kavanah, but no, no change is happening. This was a Kaddish baruch taina So what is the answer? Rav Hirsch continues to explain, and in his words, he says an amazing amazing piece, truly inspirational point that we have to really internalize. And I'll read you his words because they're so amazing. He writes, he explains it in the Pasuk, these words introduce the great task which the miraculous power the miraculous power of Yom Kippur will help us accomplish bringing us atonement and rebirth. It is the most glorious day of the year. And he writes, to sum up Yim Kippur restores to the Jew the inner forces he needs to liberate himself from his self-destructive shackles and emerge triumphantly to regain his strength and remove the causes that subject him to the yoke of his passions. In other words, Yim Kippur gives a person, miraculously gives a person, the strength, the kayach, the ability to overcome all those things that we struggle with the things that shackle us, the habits, the bad leaders, the things that tie us down, the firm determination to lead a new life, if we decide to lead a new life, cemented by the miraculous power of Yom Kippur, a life permeated by newly won moral freedom. Hirsch explains that Yom Kippur is a nace, which means we don't understand how we can possibly overcome, how can we change, how can we break this habit, how can we change this bad midah that we've been struggling with and Rish tells us you can't but a nace is waiting to happen, a miracle is waiting to happen, you just need to make that commitment and then the power of Yom Kippur comes and bam it breaks it open that's what the Kodesh Baruch was telling them Parteach resha. just open up the chains of the evil that's holding you, and Yom Kippur will do the rest for you. The Sefer Das Sefer, also a beautiful Sefer on Yeshaya, writes, parallels, Rabbi Hirsch, and he says that the Pasik says, Pateach, Chartsub rasha. It doesn't say cast off the yoke, it doesn't say you know, remove the chains, remove the bindings, no one expects that to happen. All we want is Pateach, unlock it. Just make the first step. Do that first Kabbalah, that first commitment, that first moment of change. pater, open it up, make a crack in those chains. You make a crack in those chains, Yom Kippur comes in like a powerful force and gives you that strength that we don't have and we've never had. Yom Kippur gives you that strength miraculously so that we can overcome it. That's the, what HaKadosh Baruch is demanding of Chal Yisrael. <laughs> Don't just be drushon. Don't be just say, Kir Vesel kim look into me, come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Find the things you struggle with the most. Find the things that you identify. You know this is what we struggle with. This is my struggle. This is what's so hard for me. Both in Bein Adam LaMakayim and in Bein Adam LaChaveria. And Yeshayim makes that very clear. Do not forget about one or the other. Do in both find what the hardest thing is for us, the hardest thing for me, make a crack in it, pateach, open it up, make that Kabbalah some commitment of change, and the power of Yom Kippur, the miracle of Yom Kippur will come and give us the strength. Now, how do we make that last? And the fascinating thing is that Yeshaya HaNavi explains that too. He then moves on in his drasha, and he goes and he lists out all kinds of things that you should do. He gives you a whole list of Kabbalahs actually. If you want ideas, he tells you about tzedakah. He tells you about caring for poor people, he's caring for downtrodden people. A lot of bein adam is focused on. But then, he, after all that, he says, "You know what to do now. You want to make this into something that sticks. You want to make this into something that lasts." He gives us a wonderful answer. He tells us about Shabbos. And what actually Yeshaya HaNavi tells us about Shabbos is the foundation for almost all the Durabonans of Shabbos. Meaning to say, we have Lama Tesh on Shabbos, that the Torah says we can't do. We can't cook, we can't bake, you can't dig, and you can't plant, and you can't cut, and all the Lama Tesh right? But then there's a whole bunch of Durabonans you can't do on Shabbos. And in a way, those abundance really create the spirit of Shabbos. I'll read you the pasik, You'll be familiar with all of them. <im tashruv mishabus rag lacha> do not walk out of the Tchum on Shabbos. Right? So don't take, don't go on long trips. to Attend to your business in other places. <im tashruv mishabus rag lacha> do not do business on Shabbos. That's only Drabanna. <im tashruv mishabus ayne> Treat Shabbos as an Oining, as a delight. That's where we have the mitzvah of having three suitors on Shabbos to give that Shabbos appearance, at Shabbos table, honor Shabbos, beautiful clothing, clean clothing, nice tablecloth, light nearest Shabbos, and you should honor it by not doing your business, don't tell Goyim to do work for you, don't talk about your own business, everything that formulates what Shabbos really is for us, how Shabbos really stops the weekday, ends everything that's going on in our head during the weekday, that, Yeshayahu says, you want to know how to make this tshuva something that's permanent, something that's real, you need to utilize this tremendous gift and utilize it correctly. And that's the gift of Shabbos. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, I saw a, a clip where he, saw, Zetzal, he so eloquently described Shabbos. He said that it's the single most effective Time management program known to society. He said, anybody who's involved with time management knows that what you're trying to do is to differentiate between the urgent and the important. We have things in our life that are important. Those are the things we would we need to get to. Our family, our relationship with Hashem. The things that are important. And then there are the things that are urgent. Urgent are the things that steal our time, regardless of what we would like to do, but we have to take care of this, and we have to take care of that, and we have to do this, and we can't push that off. And he says Shabbos stops all those things that are urgent. You can't do them, you can't think about them, you can't talk about them, you can't tell someone else to do them. And the Kerasel of Shabbos Aineg, you sit down with the beauty and the honor and the, the, the deliciousness of Shabbos. And then you can start focusing on the important you can think about your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how he created Shomayim Ba'aretz Zeichel HaMais You can think about all the goodness that he's bestowed upon us all the beauty and all the wonderful things kindness Zeichel Yitzhi Yitzhi Mitzrayim Back to starting from Yitzhi Mitzrayim And we can continue to focus on how we have our children around the table and how we, we have so much blessing and so much bracha in our life, and we can focus on our own and what we want to accomplish. That's what Yishai Navi is telling us. Use Shabbos for what it was meant for. We need motivation. We need to find that fuel, right? To continue to feed the fire that hopefully gets ignited now in Yom Kippur. Uh, when, that, when that nace of Yom Kippur powers through and gives us the new fire, new strength that we didn't we don't know that we had. Now how do we keep that going? So we need to make a kabbalah. And you need to make a kabbalah, Pateah Khartubis Kabbalah in both bin Adam al and both bin Adam al Find what you struggle with, both in and serving Hashem and both in in, 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 in in relations to people around you. Make a Kabbalah make, make some, some commitment to change. Something concrete, something you can do. And now we don't want to lose that spark. So what do we do to motivate ourselves? So whatever motivates us to do something. So there's outside motivating factors, right? There's peer pressure, there's family, there's expectations, there's bosses. And sometimes we even have like outside motivations within ourselves like we tell ourselves to do things just because we know we're supposed to do them not because we want to but really the best motivation is when we really want to do something now when do we really want to do something and how do we have such a motivation the way we have that motivation is if we understand why we want to do it if we understand what our values are right it's 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 when you you have to internalize why are we doing this why is this important to me what Is this about it that this makes, defines my identity and defines who I want to be and what I want to become? That's what we need to do. And the time to do that, the time for everyone to do that, the Navi is telling us, is on Shabbos. Let's use davening for an example. A person wants to improve their davening. All of us at some point wanted to improve our davening. So there's many different kabbalas we can make, right? We could say, we'll stop before we daven, we'll take a few moments to think we're standing in front of a Baruch Hu. That's amazing. That's a valid kabbalah. Another idea is we can uh, take one bracha, now, this bracha we'll focus on, and you know, we'll just try to have Kavana during this bracha. Also a very good idea. There's a lot of different ideas, different ways to approach that your davening should become better. you learn Pirosh amilus, maybe, you'll learn what the davening means. Also a wonderful idea. But those things lag out, right? You, you do a couple of, it, you know, you're inspired in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and you daven and then uh, it's so good and then this and that and then it becomes hard and, and then you forget about it and then it disappears. So what we need to do is come Shabbos, every Shabbos, we need to put, put aside some time and we should, tie, we should, if we're smart, we'll tie it to a specific time. We'll say like okay, after the Suda or whenever, 15 minutes. And I'll ask myself a question. Why do I want to daven? Why is it important to me to daven? Why is it important to me to daven well? And you know, it's not so simple to answer that question. You can spend all the Shabbas of the year just answering that question properly. Why do we daven? So you could say, okay, we daven, because otherwise you don't get anything. Pasachim right, that says that it didn't rain and nothing was growing until Adam Rishon realized that you have to daven for rain, and he davened to Kodesh Baruch Hu and it rained. Yeah, so you don't daven, it doesn't come. Okay? So I need things, I had to daven for them. But you know what? You think about it, and you say, well, you know, there's a lot of people who don't daven, and they still seem to get things, and I've been times that I haven't davened, and I still got things. Is that really why I'm davening? So then you think deeper, and you say, no, you know, davening is about having that connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if I daven for something, and I get it, if I daven for it, then I see it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and then it's a whole different experience. That's ruchnius. But that itself is also not just the beginning of the answer. And it goes deeper and it goes deeper. And you can take a safer and learn about davening. And this will transform the Kabbalah. It will continuously give us the self-inspiration that we need to motivate ourselves. And say, this is why we need a daven. And that's why I have to continue my Kabbalah to concentrate on the bracha. And this will inspire us to add to that Kabbalah. And we'll continue the growth process. We'll get that fire to go through the year. <coughs> and whatever our Kabbalah is, whatever it is we want to work on, it should be accompanied with those few minutes on Shabbos, that little time put aside on Shabbos, to just go back to the basics, why am I doing this, why is this important to me, how is the right way to do it, and we also need to take the time to be mechazik aramunah and bitachinah as well, the bottom line is, we're doing everything we do because we trust in Hashem and we believe in Hashem, and that's something a person needs to take time on Shabbat as well, to be mechazik their own amuna and the amuna of their whole family. How important it is to say stories to your, your family, and to share with them inspirational thoughts on why we believe in Hashem, why we serve Hashem, why we love Tyra, why we learn Tyra, why we do mitzvahs, and all those things will keep that motivation going. That's what Shabbat was given for, that's what the Navi is telling us. And let's not only focus on Bein Adam L'Makim. Bein Adam is equally as important and the Navi is very, very clear. Do not forget about Bein Adam L'Chaveri and Shabbos is dedicated to Bein Adam L'Chaveri as well. We say in Shabbos Mincha, it's Menuchas Emes V'Amunah. Shabbos gives you a Menucha that you can understand and think about the truth and Amuna, but it's also Menucha Shalom Shalva Hashket V'Vetach. It's a Menucha that brings peace and Shalom and Shalva and, and, and calm and Hashket and Betach Shabbos is intended to bring priests and the Chazal were so machbe, they're so careful that there should be tremendous peace on Shabbos. They instituted Neir Shabbos, so just that there should be shalom bayis between a man and his wife. The Alter from Kalim has this pinkest kabbalas. So he has like this uh, book where he wrote all these things that he was on himself, and one of them was that on Shabbos he's going to spend time thinking about the mitzvah of Ben Adam L'Chaveri. Every person on Shabbos has to be extremely careful to love all those around him, and he says. In another place, he explains, he says, Shabbos is a piece of the next world. He says, in the next world, we're going to say this on Yom Kippur, there's no kinnah, there's no tachris, there's no sinnah, there's no machlaikis, there's no fighting, there's none of that kind of irritation, annoyance, anger, resentment, none of that exists on the next world, and it can't exist on Shabbos either. Shabbos has that power inherent to help us conquer the Midah of Shalom to help us conquer our Be'n Adam So, whatever aspect of Be'n Adam we want to work on, whether it's patience, whether it's anger, whether it's humility, every aspect of Be'n Adam Lechavere we, we take upon ourselves and we decide to make a change. It needs to be accompanied with a little bit of thought on Shabbos, a few minutes of thought, of, of learning maybe a Musr Sefer, of talking to your family about the concept why it's important to us why this is so much a part of my identity why this is so much who i am as a jew why it is so important to be Ba'htus and bishalom and is, why it brings me so much happiness when i'm close to the people around me and that's how we can keep our motivation going throughout the year and add and grow if we do this true act of tshuva, it won't just be si, yay, 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 it won't be just, we're just asking Hashem what to do without actually following through, but instead it will be real kirvas Akim yechpatzin. We actually will find kirvas al-akim real closeness to Hashem. The passage we just mentioned the karas al-shabbos you have to create einig Shabbos, we understand it to mean you have to eat a suda on Shabbos and you have to enjoy Shabbos and that's definitely true but that's only the partial meaning the Kurasel Shabbos ending means you have to make the Ruchnius of Shabbos a delight it really refers to Ruchnius it's kind of like this it's kind of like imagine someone gets invited to a shir so there's a shir and they're giving you know the shear Torah, a is giving a shir and they are serving challent. You know, just people who come to the shir, they serve challent, and you go to the shear, you take the challent, and you leave the shir. <laughs> that's what it's like on Shabbos. If a person just enjoys Shabbos and doesn't and tap into the ruchnius of Shabbos, or someone who goes to a, a shalom zacher and uh, he grabs a bottle of scotch from the table, walks off with it, and doesn't even say mazel tov to the to, to, to the balsamcha, that's taking Shabbos the einig without without what's truly the einig about Shabbos, which is the ruchnius part of Shabbos, finding the time to connect to HaKadosh Baruch There's another aspect to this, which is beautiful. The Chassam Sefer had a grandson, had a son, I'm sorry, a son-in-law, son-in-law whose name was Rashmul Ehrenfeld, and he was known as the Hassan Seifer, Hassan as in the son-in-law of Seifer. That was the name of his Seifer. Rashmul Ehrenfeld had a long lineage of Ehrenfeld children. They were all Rabbanim. One of them founded, uh, one of them founded the Matisdorf neighborhood in, uh, in Yerushalayim. That was his name, actually, Osir of Ehrenfeld. And then there was another one who settled in America, some Bunam Ehrenfeld, and he founded the yeshiva that I went to as elementary school, which was called Chassan Seifer. Uh, it was a very illustrious family, big tamid of Chachamim, and Marbitei and he writes a fascinating thing now you're very familiar with there's a concept that if, if Klai Yisrael would only keep two Shabbases they'd only keep two two Shabbases then they would have the Gula and we always understand this to mean Mashiach right? that if all of Klai Yisrael, every Jew affiliated unaffiliated, there were a reformed conservative, if every last Jew that is around would keep Shabbos Mashiach would come and that's the song one more Shabbos and we'll all be free right? That's how we understand it to mean. But he explains, and it's not just him, the Chidush Rim, and i will see in a moment, others as well, that it means every single Jew has this guarantee. Ilu If you keep two Shabbos, then you'll have a personal redemption. What does this mean? So he explains. He means is that if you honor Shabbos properly, You're inspired by Shabbos, the way you're meant to be inspired. You take the time on Shabbos to to, to get from Shabbos what you can and it really gets to your heart. So he says that what will happen is is it'll bleed over into the week. And your whole week will be different. And it'll go all the way till the next Shabbos. So that by the time you get to the next Shabbos, it'll be last week's Shabbos and this week's Shabbos. So ilusham rishrael shnei Shabbos means that the next Shabbos Itself is two Shabbats. Its last Shabbos and this Shabbos, all in one Shabbos. you will experience personal redemption, and that's exactly what Yoshaya Navi is telling us. You want this redemption. You want a Kaddish Baruch to hear your tefilas. You want a Kaddish baruchot to be Hashem. Yana Hashem will answer your tefilas. He'll say, I'm here." Utilize Shabbos. Make Shabbos change your week and then you'll be a Shomer Shtey Shabbos. Every Shabbos will include the last Shabbos. It'll go straight from one Shabbos to the next Shabbos. You'll immediately experience that redemption. Rav Levenstein. It was Mashkiach, Apanovich and previously a Mashkiach and Mir, and he were the last two Shabbosim of the year. Like we had this year, Parshish Kisava and Itzavim. He would always talk to his Hamidim and say, just keep these two Shabbas properly and you'll be Zeicha and Hashanah. And he himself would have extra chumras on those Shabbos things he didn't do the rest of the year. He would take on upon himself extra chumra. Keep two shabbas and it'll be personal redemption. I heard a story. This story was. Documented in the introduction to Pesach Falk Zatzal, his Sefer Marcelio. Reb Pesach Falk was, was one of the biggest contemporary Paiskim. He wrote many Svarim that some of you are very familiar with, his Sefer on Snias, Ezbohad Levusha, but he has Svarim that really deal with all the contemporary halachic child's brilliant Svarim, very deep halachic Svarim, and beautiful, beautiful stuff. And he has an introduction, he writes a story. And he researched the story, and he also quotes someone else that researched the story as well. And he says that um, that um, the story took place about 25 years ago, and it involved the Chabad Rav. They used to visit, um, used to Chabad would visit the prisons. Now I think it's before the Aleph Institute was founded, or maybe just then. But Chabad always did that. So he would, he would visit the, prisons, the prison system. And uh, so he would go once every two weeks to visit a prison. And one year he actually spent Yom Kippur there in the prison. And he davened for the Ahmed and he had a group of prisoners and they were all keeping him Kippur. They were fasting and they were not doing Malacha. They were actually keeping him Kippur that year. They were not religious, but they were keeping him Kippur. And before Nehli, he gets up and he gives a sermon and he talks about how important it is to do, do make some change in your life, do something different and then you'll benefit from the blessing and the power of Yom Kippur. He gives this speech. So two weeks later when he comes again, he asks, talks to the different prisoners, and he asks, so did you actually accept anything upon yourself? So one prisoner, call him Jack, tells him, yeah, I decided I'm going to start keeping Shabbos. So uh, the shliach says, whoa, whoa, you're going to keep Shabbos, do you have an idea what you just accepted upon yourself? Do you know the magnitude of that? That's a, that's, that's a huge undertaking. The man says, no, I'm determined, Jack says, I want to do it, and you know, just let him teach me how. So the Shaliyah comes with a bunch of books designed for beginners that they should learn how to you know, keep Shabbos, and he started learning with Jack every time he came, every two weeks and little by little, Jack was really learning and he was really getting it, and he was reading the books and he was learning how to keep Shabbos, and he was keeping to his to his, uh, to his, his Kabbalah then one time the Shaliyah comes, and he sees Jack has this huge smile on his face he's like bursting, he can't wait to tell him something so he goes over to Jack and says, what are you so happy about? So Jack takes out one book and he tells him, look, Rabbi, look what I just read here. It says here that if a Jew keeps two Shabbos' properly in a row, he gets redeemed. This is my ticket out of jail. <laughs> so so the Rob, you know, looks at him and he doesn't want him to, like, you know, to, 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 to like, hope for this and then it won't happen and then he'll lose whatever amunah he had. He says, you know, Jack, you have another 15 years on your sentence. Uh, this doesn't mean you, it means the all of Klal Yisrael. You know, if everybody does uh, Shabbos, then Mashiach the will come. That's what it's referring to. And Jack is not, has, will have none of that. He says, no, no, doesn't say that here. It says, if you keep two Shabbos, he gets uh, redeemed. Okay? So Jack continues to learn how to keep Shabbos, and he's really putting every effort in how to do it. This Shaliyach would come, as I said, once every two weeks. He missed one week, one, one trip. So it was a month before he was back in jail. Comes back to jail. Jack's gone. Asks around. He was released. So he's oh my gosh! Like how'd that happen? He had 15 years on his sentence. So he does some research and he finds out that the judge that presided over Jack's case and convicted him was writing his mem- his memoir. He was about to retire and he was writing either his law ca- his law study book or or, or a memoir, and he decided to re-examine this case because it was a very difficult case and he went through all the evidence and the testimony and everything and he decided that there was a, that it, was a it was a mistrial it was, it was the, the justice wasn't served, It was a mistake in the proceedings um, and the conviction needs to be overturned and he went ahead and overturned the conviction and Jack was released now when I read the story I said okay you know this is a little bit hard to research the story but let me see has such a thing ever happened Has a judge ever done a thing like that? Can he even do that? And I googled it, and lo and behold, not only has it happened and can it happen, it just happened. In, uh, I think just recently, in Georgia, there was a judge, a week before his retirement, he reviewed some of the cases he had, and he decided that one of the cases was a a conviction, 12 juries convicted a person of murder, and he said it was a a wrong conviction, it was wrong, and he declared himself the 13th juror, and he overturned the case and he, he he removed the conviction and he then he immediately retired <laughs> and they got all the, the the defense didn't even ask for it they didn't ask for it the guy didn't ask for it um, and, uh, and 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 the case was uh, i think it had to go to a trial again whatever happened over there so not only can it happen it did happen so this jack with his full and to me big be belief in the power of redemption of Tushabuses, and turns out he was right he actually was right it doesn't mean for every single jew And he achieved achieved redemption. He achieved the Kodesh Baruch who let him out of jail. He gave him another chance. And that is a haftacha that each one and every one of us have. That's what we need. We need personal redemption. We are shackled by our habits. We're shackled by our Difficult character traits. We're shackled by the difficulty we have in changing because it's so hard to change and it's so hard to make a difference and to become a different person. And we have, as Rav, Rav Hirsch tells us, Rasha." if we just make that little crack in that chain, if we find what's difficult for us and we make some commitment to change it, ben ben and boom, we're going to have the miraculous Yom Kipper that will come flying in and will give us strength that we didn't know we have. And then, how do we keep that fire burning? Utilize Shabbos for what it was meant for. Utilize Shabbos to re-examine, reignite our values, understand why we do what we do, why it's important to us what we do. Motivate ourselves, and we'll be able to continue that spark, and we will experience the Shte Shabbas. One Shabbos will so inspire our week, it'll lead into the next Shabbos, and we'll experience that redemption that the Gomorrah promises us. <clears throat> So may we all be <clears> zeicha <throat> to truly internalize the need and just not only to be to ask ourselves, what are we going to do? How are we going to search Hashem? How are we going to get close to Hashem? No, find those things we struggle with and make some kind of Kabbalah and we'll, then we'll get the miracle of Yom Kippur giving us the strength and then make the Kabbalah that on Shabbos, sometime on Shabbos, get a specific time we are going to learn about it and we're going to ask ourselves why we do it and we're going to talk to our family about it and we're going to be mechazek ourselves both in the muna and muna and in what it is that we want to accomplish. And if we do that, then the navi tells us, you know what happens next? Then call out and Hashem will answer you. You'll scream to Hashem, I'm here. I'm right here. And your righteousness will go before you. will It'll escort you into Shemaim, Vikwa you'll be gathered by the glory of a Qadish Barakhu And then you'll truly enjoy Kirvas Alakim, the closest, the greatest closeness that you could possibly have with a Baruch Hu. And with this we will be to Mashiach to al and we'll be placed above all and every other nation of the world. May Hakadosh Baruch Hu grant us the siyata d'shmaya and the power and the 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 the, the, the willpower and the seichel and the inspiration we need to make those kabbalas to make those changes and to cement them into our life and to utilize these tremendously holy days that we have of Yom Kippur to change our lives and to be with that to achieve a gemar a good gebenshjar and. Um, and and may we be zeichet to the the blessing of the navi Az tikkur Hashem yana. We'll call out Hashem and He'll answer all our prayers. Amen.